0: With Zach Santy, Alex Drake, and Fitz on 1620 The Zone, 1620TheZone.com, and the Zone app. Now here are your hosts, Zach, Alex, and Fitz.
1: Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Church of the Corn here on 1620 The Zone, brought to you by FCC Trucking and Summit Medical. We made it, everybody. It is college football Saturday. Drake, how's it going, man?
2: Good. I mean, I'm so sleep-deprived, I can't even spell Gmail correctly as I'm trying to get into my mailbox, but I'm ready to go. I'm. Um, I, yeah, I did not think we'd
1: get here. Conrad, how are you, buddy? I'm
3: not bad, man. I do have some uh, questions for the members of the clergy today. Ooh, we're excited. We're getting we're uh, get Are a we quiz starting today. with
2: questions, or are they coming later? I mean,
3: like before we get started, I, just, I, I, I have a question. All right, let's go. Because uh, I've been seeing a lot of places doing specials for... Uh, like food specials, um and basically making it St. Paddy's too, corn corned beef boogaloo. Um and my and I'm wondering this whole time, like why are are we doing like all these Irish specials for the opponent? So my question is are we playing the Irish or are we playing an American team just in Ireland? Well, I know this is a stupid question, are, but like I know nothing, I know what? very little about this game, other than the fact that we're doing it and it's in Ireland.
2: What specials are are for Northwestern? I haven't seen anything.
3: Well, form- no, 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 because no, no, they're all Irish-based specials. So okay. I was, I'm wondering, are we playing the actual Irish from Ireland? No. Okay. That that was my question. Okay.
2: I yeah yeah no, we're just we're playing in Ireland. I when you said specials for the other team, I thought somebody was
3: throwing out I don't know wildcat meat or something. Oh, no, I, I've just seen like Jameson and corned beef and like stuff like this. And I'm thinking like, why are we doing that and not like corn fried corn with that comes with whiskey and a beer chaser? Because I can't think of anything more in Nebraska than that, because there's really nothing. Nothing in it. more beautiful. There's nothing to do here other than eat and drink. Are
2: you breathing over there? Zach is I just, laughing I, with no sound. I can't I, tell if he's breathing.
1: I just I don't I don't know where this conversation is going, so I'm just sitting here just taking it all in
3: and <laughs> just
1: listening to the chaos. It's starting this off two minutes in. I don't
3: know where it's going, I, but I love it. I, I'm I'm glad that I now have an answer.
1: Yeah. Well, um do we have any was, more any more pondering yeah,
2: questions? You said you had a couple sure. of questions for the clergy. You well no, out, did I? Yeah. Sorry. No, it was just the one. Okay. Depending the one. on the answer, it was multiple yeah. questions. Yeah. I guess I can go
1: multiple different ways at that point. A um, little breakdown today uh, for Nebraska, Northwestern. And then we'll go into the offense. Uh, we'll do defense special teams. We'll do uh, some recruiting with Brian Munson and talk to him about his thoughts on the game as well. And then we will finish up today with uh, either some lines and some games to watch today because there are some, I'm not going to say good games on throughout the day, but there is college football on throughout the day, and I'll give you the kind of lineup that I plan to follow for 12 to 15 hours of college football. I can't believe it. I'm so
2: excited. It's here. I'm going to watch every game I can today, and I don't care about the other games. I'm just so excited for football to be back. Yeah,
1: starting at eleven, there is a there is a game starting right at eleven before Nebraska. So Nebraska technically doesn't even kick the season off. Sorry, I didn't. I don't want to start with that, but it is. true. I
2: mean, they do from a Power Five perspective.
1: That's which, true. Because, which is the
2: only football that really does matter.
1: That's true. Austin Pay does does kick the season at eleven. So I guess
2: other than that, it doesn't much matter. And they're uh, one double a. I, I've, I, I have made my point, and I will continue to make it, but. FCS, FBS, I can't tell the difference. I think it's stupid. It's 1A and 1AA. And Austin P, you are 1AA.
1: Have you just hammered the schedule this morning, just kind of browsing through every single game on there?
2: I know you got here early today. I did get here early. I was in the parking lot at like quarter to seven. Um, No, I didn't look at the schedule today because I did it yesterday at the casino. My Friday lunches over at Ameristar Sportsbook are back, ladies and gentlemen. They they are so happy. Someone's got to keep the lights on over there. Every right? every Friday lunch at Ameristar. I hope my boss isn't listening. Drake's I... taxes keep the lights on. <laughs> you know, here's the key. I'm not an official accountant, so maybe maybe I'm committing tax fraud. But <laughs> if if you keep all your losing tickets, you get to use them as a write off.
1: That would be a hell of a way to admit I just committed tax fraud. <laughs>
2: i don't think the irs is coming after me oh man you are
1: really just i don't i don't hide possible i don't
2: hide enough money for them to come after me i don't have enough money
1: that's you say that that makes a little bit more sense you see
2: my 12 year old grandma lexus out there
1: oh yeah that's that's true that is actually it's 17 but yeah who's counting right those are just numbers um Geno Smith, well I'm gonna move to the NFL real quick before we kind of bounce around. Uh Geno Smith is the starter in Seattle over Drew Locke. Is that a surprise? No. You're not surprised that Drew Locks is is the uh is
2: the backup? No, he's too busy, you know, making TikToks about it not running in Seattle or, you know, thinking he can rap. I I don't know. They're the guy can't play. The fact that he's there is surprising. I mean, he, he was part of the trade deal for Wilson. So, I mean, you kind of expect to get something out of him, right? No. I'm. What, what all was involved in that trade besides Russell Wilson and Noah Fant?
1: I mean, other than future draft picks, that's really about it. And I, who got all the future draft picks? Oh, well, Seattle.
2: Oh, so you got something for Russell Wilson?
1: I mean, technically, yeah, but wouldn't you expect to get no? If, I, if you're trading for a player, that no,
2: no, I fully believe that Seattle is in you know burn it all down, rebuild. Okay, I feel like that's where they're at.
1: I mean, you don't have a better. I don't feel like you're you're in a good option spot either way with either Drew Locke or um, Geno Smith as your starting quarterback. So if Jimmy G gets released, which it sounds like is going to happen from the Niners because they can't find a train partner, is that your guy you go after? It has to be, right?
2: Yeah. I don't. So let me me retract my previous statement a little bit. I think Seattle is in burn it down mode if they cannot get Jimmy G. They have some offensive pieces that can allow them to be competitive uh, and defense is coming back a little bit. But. We all know you need at least a serviceable quarterback to compete in this league. And if I'm Seattle, I'm using each one of those draft picks at next year on offensive line. I think that's part of the reason Russell really wanted out of there.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was getting hit right and left. It wasn't the weapons. He had the yeah, weapons yeah, out there. I mean,
2: DK, DK Metcalf, if you can get an offensive line to protect just about any quarterback, can go make any play for you.
1: So uh, since we're talking about DK and then we can go back into the quarterback situation, do you think that's why he signed the length of the deal he did? Uh, because he'd still be in his prime. He could still cash in one more time and kind of seeing what's going on with that quarterback situation and the rebuild.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, you see it in in every sport, the, the young phenoms that are, are signing deals in the middle of their rookie contract. The ones that sign the extremely long deals always want to force their way out because they're not happy. Um, on the baseball side, recently you could, Juan Soto, he refused to sign his ten-year deal with the Nationals because they wouldn't pay him enough. Um, he and he said he either wanted ten years and X amount or trade me. Forced his way into a trade. He's still going to be a free agent this off season unless he comes comes to terms with San Diego really quickly. I think San Diego is going to give him everything they want, but you know, you see it with guys in basketball too. Um, You know, LeBron James refuses to sign long year, long-term deals because he wants to continue to move around at his leisure. Uh, James Harden forces himself into a trade. Ben Simmons kind of forced a trade from the 76ers just because he refused to play to an extent. I mean, I, I think it's brilliant for these guys to sign their second contract on a shorter term
1: it well it makes a lot more sense it gives you the ability to cash in more than once which when you used to see these giant seven-year deals it was the ability to cash in pretty much one time in your career
2: yeah absolutely and I think football can can take a page out of baseball's book at least from an athlete's perspective here where um you know your your prime as an athlete is probably in the 26 to 34 age range that that's where your, your true prime is both physically and mentally. Yep. That's where the brain and body match up. Yeah. So I think baseball does it really well. Uh, Those guys that are in that prime range, they go sign their long-term deal, 10, 11 years, eight years, something like that. Uh, And the team that pays it, you know, they, they know they're overpaying and they're signing due to a long-term deal. But when they do that, they're hoping to maximize on your first, you know, four years. And football can start doing that. And football would be great at it because they don't throw out the same kind of guaranteed money.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing. As you see these big contracts in the NFL where it's okay, you know, four years for $200 million or whatever. But this much is guaranteed. This much is perk. Um, and this much is signing bonus. And that's
2: why Deshaun Watson's deal is so crazy. Yeah, because his is
1: a fully guaranteed deal, yeah. I believe. So a,
2: a hefty amount is guaranteed for sure. Yeah, it
1: was his is a pretty crazy deal. Um speaking of baseball, uh Adidas looks like terminated their partnership with uh Tatis Jr. after the PED suspension. So seems like he's uh not only getting hit on the field by not being allowed to play, uh now he's getting hit off the field with a pretty giant sponsorship from Adidas getting pulled. I mean, it's not going to hurt him financially, but that's kind of a black eye for his brand at 23 years old.
2: Yeah, but here's he's 23 years old. He has so much time to recover. He's an elite player in the game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nike comes knocking on his door or Under, under Armour ha, has some pretty pretty impressive deals in the baseball world. You know, they have Bryce Harper. They had Buster Posey for a while. Um That yeah, they have some surprising deals in baseball and it would not surprise me if Nike or Under Armour come calling um, really quickly for Fernando.
1: And you know what? I've said it before. Juice to the gills. I don't care. That's what I want to see. And the steroid that he got caught taking it's not a uh, it's not a giant performance enhancer. So to me, I don't care. That doesn't count in my book. Agreed. Um, let him hit. Let him come back and hit eighty home runs. Let him juice to the gills. I don't care because that's when baseballs at it's funnest.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. We you, we've talked about this. Give me a home run race every it, year. I don't care. Here's my question: being being the nutrition guy that you are. Uh, Do you buy the ringworm medicine take? If you've got a great lawyer, they can find anything. That's not what I asked. Johnny Cochran
3: passed away a few years ago, so...
2: No, I don't
1: buy...
3: Are we
2: going down the OJ road again?
3: (laughs) We're going this road again, huh? The white Bronco always rides in the studio, man. (laughs) Juice is on the loose. Johnny Cochran had the juice.
2: Uh, No, but... Do you believe that he tested negatively because of a medicine he took for ringworm um no i don't okay thank you it's it's one of those so
1: i'm a big mma nebraska
2: hype man has rest his case your honor case
1: closed it's the it's old um what is it uh can 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 supplement issue where it's yeah. it's contaminated. There we go.
2: I said the word cross contamination.
1: Right? Yep. So where it's you get a steroid or something mixed in overseas and it you know gets in your body. That the oldest excuse in the book. So yeah, that's that, that's how cocaine I, comes here, right? Yeah, that's that's what they say at least. So um, that's kind of the excuse I'm expect. I was expecting, and that's what we got from him. We so, got
2: to get Dan Lust on here pretty soon and at, pick his brain on that.
1: Oh, I'm sure we can. I'll just yeah. have
2: to reach out to old Dan
1: and uh, see if we can get them on. But uh, we are going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will come back with the Big Scripture breaking down Nebraska and Northwestern game today.
0: Now back to Church of the Corn on
4: 1620 The
2: Zone. I did not know we were going to jump right into talking about Big Ten officiating.
1: God, it's incredible! Welcome back to the Church of the Corn here on 1620 the Zone, brought to you by FCC Trucking and Doug Boss State Farm Insurance. Here on 1620 the Zone, let's talk about the big game today: Nebraska versus Northwestern
2: in Dublin.
5: I hope you very have a fantastic day.
2: All right, you know we we've been talking about this off air. I. I think we gotta we gotta cut those we gotta get rid of those drops now. I'm so mad. What? Well, why? I found that game. Are, are you? We upset? started it. We 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 started using him for the drops, and now Nebraska's tweeting out videos with him. Give me the credit. Give me the credit I deserve.
1: Oh God, this this guy and his, his ego. He get on the radio, and then everyone gets an ego.
2: No, I, I would have had I would have had the response whether or not we had a show or not. That's also very true.
1: Let's let's give the people what they what they came here for today. You gotta give the people what they want. It's
2: provocative.
1: Gets them going. Uh what do you expect from the offense today?
2: Uh you know, we we jumped into this a little bit on Wednesday night with our pregame pod. I fully expect our opening drive, if if we get the ball first, to march down the field, put it in the end zone. Because we'll we'll have scripted a set and we have shown the ability to script well in the past. And then I expect, you know, two to four drives kind of stalling out and we got to find our bearings again. Uh, and then I think after that, we start to kind of run away with it. Uh, we impose our will on the ground. We, we take some big shots in the passing game. And we start to see some of those pet plays that we've talked about where we show... The, the short intermediate passing game being an extension of the run game with some more high percentage stuff than we've seen in the past. So are you
1: thinking the ex, the offense is, is going to excel to a degree today, um, kind of raising the confidence levels of Husker Nation?
2: I, I think we will see some very – we'll see some explosive plays and then we'll just see some consistent play. And I think – we're, we're going to walk out of this game with some questions about the offense, without a doubt. But I I hope at the end of the day, what what I'm expecting to be more confident in than than going in is hopefully the offensive line. I hope the offensive line does enough to, to allow us to showcase the talent at the skill position and, and we start to feel better about that offensive line moving forward. I've said it numerous times. I don't think they're going to be elite. I don't even know if they're going to be great I think they're going to be serviceable which is far better than what they've been
1: and at the end of the day granted you you want an elite offensive line because that makes everything else for the offense go much easier and smoother and simpler but don't you really just need that offensive line to fit your scheme and what you need them to do and if the running backs are good enough behind them and the um, quarterback you know behind that offensive line is good enough it shouldn't matter too much, right? I mean, they should be able to scheme enough to cover some of those deficiencies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's what I've been saying for years. Part of the problem was we'd, we had no threat in the short to intermediate passing game. Uh, it's like we didn't even have those route tree combinations at all. No slants, no drags. Getting that involved is, should be enough to slow down the defensive line a little bit. just just enough and if it doesn't slow down the defensive line at the very least it should protect your quarterback from getting hit 20 to 30 times well and you've seen in some of the
1: practice clips because it seems like marcus washington's going to be a uh pretty integral part of of the offense because of the familiarity from texas and and already having that built in with with casey thompson right some of those option routes and I, i think you're the one that brought it up maybe on one of the last couple shows them kind of having that check with me on those option routes. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see a little bit of that in week one?
2: Uh, I, th- I think we'll see a couple. I don't, and I don't know that Casey Thompson makes that throw. I think they build that in into some of their pet plays where somebody else is the primary. And I think the coaching staff wants to see them show that they're going to see the same thing. So when they break down film later, it's going to be Casey. What did you see him doing? Marcus this is what you did we got to get you on the same page or you guys are already are executing at what we hope you would deeper into the season I I think we're going to see some of that built in and unless it is you know a wide open play I don't know that Casey throws it I think they're just going to have it built into to prove a point to the point that we're not going to notice it on, on in on the broadcast we're not going to know what the choice routes were
1: yeah it's going to be a, a part of the offense where it's when they're breaking down film, it's something they're going to be able to see kind of the check with me's. What do you think is more likely to happen? The run sets up the pass or the pass sets up the run today?
2: Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with what Whipple has been known to do. I'm going to say the pass sets up the run. I think on that first drive, we have, we have a good success running the ball. And then when we start to stall out, then, then we'll kind of see, Hey, Here's here's some slants, the drags, the crosses, and, and we'll hit the seam with the tight end a couple of times. And then they'll have to. We'll we'll start running the ball and then they're going to have to focus on the run. And then hopefully we'll see some big plays through the air on play action.
1: Yeah, that's what I'd really like to see from this offense is. And, and I was thinking about this the last couple of days. Do I want this offense to come out and be explosive and score in one play? Obviously, yes, everybody wants that. But I think what I'd rather see at this point is, I want to see this offense work through some things. I want to see them put some film out there where they're they're working through some some problems that they haven't seen in practice. Because I think the Northwestern defense is going to be different than that Nebraska defense. Absolutely, I think they're going to be able to do a lot of things that they're not able to do in practice. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I really want to see them put some seven to ten play drives together today.
2: Yeah, i I'd, I'd like to see that, but I. We know that they can because they have put together seven to 10 play drives in the past with hopefully what was an inferior offense to this one. I want to see the ability to take shots regularly. Um, I would love, and I don't think it will, but I would love to see this game end up in an old school Oregon score, you know, where I'm a big fan of going for two. I think we should go for two every play, but... You know where we're looking at some of that stuff. I want to put I want to put the cats out early. I I want to go for the throat by halftime.
1: Well, and I guess I should have said when I was given mine. I, I also want to see every drive end in a kick. And what I mean is, it's in, in either an extra point, a field goal, or a punt. Don't turn the ball over. Give me one of those three. Every drive ends in, in a kick. Okay. Give me that,
2: and I'll be happy. I'll give you that. I. I I'd like to see us go for it on fourth down today. I, like I said, I I want to put them out early. Um, we we did last year. By all accounts, we're still far superior in talent. I don't think that they've made any impressive upgrades like Nebraska has or like we hope Nebraska has. I I want to see this game get out of hand in a hurry, and that's, that starts with big explosive plays, uh, maybe a little tempo. I... I want to see them on on their heels from from the jump.
1: I want to see that kicker out there. I want to see that kicker getting work. So I want to see him go for uh, yeah. Hopefully points.
2: he'll be getting a lot of kickoffs. <laughs> I want to see him making points, Drake. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I Monster. I want to know if we're going to be able to kick the ball through the back of the end zone on kickoffs. Uh, well, I think it's Frankie
1: or uh, is is the. Uh, kicker or the uh, kickoff specialist and from from all accounts he's got a pretty good leg this year so hopefully we will not be giving up too many kick returns and seeing a lot more uh touchbacks um when we return we're going to take a quick break here uh we are going to talk a little bit more about the huskers today we'll get into the offensive side of the ball and do a breakdown there. what's going on children of the corn zach here i'm doing our weekly read for manscaped um fabulous company uh fabulous products from the lawnmower 4.0 to the weed whacker the crop preserver to those are the main things i've used um the lawnmower 4.0 absolutely fabulous water proof I believe as well. So um definitely get yourself one. Uh the performance package 4.0 is what they sent over to us. So um highly, highly, highly recommended. Also, if you use our promo code CORNCHURCH, you get 20% off as well as expedited shipping as well. I think I got mine in like two days. So, um, absolutely phenomenal. Plus, if you get the performance package, you also get a pretty badass travel bag as well as a set of boxers and I think a t-shirt as well. So, um, highly, highly, highly recommend them. Um, Once again, 20% off as well as expedited shipping. If you use our promo code corn church. So ladies and gentlemen, be sure to take advantage of it and uh, enjoy the show. Have a good one, everybody.
0: You're listening to church of the corn on 1620. The zone.
1: It. Welcome back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by Rocky Stone and Design, as well as FCC Trucking here on 1620 The Zone. Obviously, we've got a big game today between Nebraska and Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. So let's go ahead and talk not a little bit about. Not playing the, the Irish. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. not playing the Irish. We have to make that very clear distinction. They are not playing the Irish today. Drake, let's talk about. Uh, we're, we're going to go offense in this segment, and then we'll hit defense special teams. What do you feel is the strength of the offense? Because there's a lot of unknown at this point
2: uh, on the offense. I think our biggest strength is just competitive depth at every skill position. Uh, we've talked about it all season. Who's going to start at running back. Um, And we really only talked about three guys. And now all of a sudden Gabe Irvin is in the discussion. Uh, I, I, and we I think everybody knows he's not going to start week 1 but maybe by week 6 he wins that job back.
1: He re, he re he redid his body. He yeah. looks incredible.
2: He he looks incredible. Great great reviews from coaching coaching staff coming out. Uh you know, I I think Chubba Purdy is Chubba. Not, is not far off from Casey in terms of being able to play. Logan Smothers definitely has improved. Uh and it's interesting that our true freshman quarterback has been said to have the strongest arm on the team. And that, that doesn't even account for a guy like Heinrich Harburg. Uh, I think obviously some of those guys are a little bit farther out, but competitive depth at skill position is, is our biggest strength in my opinion. I mean, we have multiple guys who can go out and do make those big plays.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with a room that you kind of talked about. I'm going to go with a running back though from, from mine because I'm actually going to pick a room. You monster. Um, I think the running backs, just the depth there, the ability to do so many different things. Each running back has kind of a specialty, if you will, with Anthony Grant, who I believe is going to be the starter of the day, being the kind of best of all worlds, being able to do a little bit of everything. Uh, His film from New Mexico Community College was incredible. If you got a chance to watch it. yep. if, If you haven't gotten to, check it out. That, if that doesn't today. get you
2: hyped up for this game, I don't know what won't.
1: Yeah, he's he's so sudden and fast. He, he's just a, he's a great running back that I'm really happy that they got.
2: His ability to just plant that foot and make that one cut and jump up the field, or his jump cuts, I mean everything he can do in terms of when the ball's in his hands as far as making a move, planting and going, everything he can do is of NFL caliber in my opinion. It's, it's You know, we we've had some great running backs at Nebraska in recent memory. Rex Burkett, Amir Abdullah, Roy Hallou. I think he's a step above them in his ability to do all of that. Uh, I'm interested to see how hard he can run through contact, though.
1: Well, he is 210 pounds, so he's a pretty solid back. He's, uh, I believe,
2: 5'11". So he's a pretty good size back. Yeah, for sure. It's just he hasn't. He hasn't played at the at the level that that you're gonna see even today. You, so, um, Northwestern. This is one of the few spots I'll give him credit when we gave him credit on the other night when we were doing the pregame pod. Uh, their linebackers are usually pretty good, and they do like to uh, bring the bring the pain a little bit, so to speak.
1: Yeah, let's take their nose, and that's what those linebackers are nose for. Going back to Patty yeah, Fisher, so who's no longer
2: there. I I'm just uh, I'm just a little. I'm I'm curious to see how he takes that that kind of beating that you would take. My question is can, can he be in every down back? Can he be the bell cow? Uh I don't know yet.
1: How much do you think we see Grant today? How much do you think we see Yant today? Cuz I think you're going to see Ramirez sprinkled in in a lot of different spots today.
2: Yeah, for sure. So and I think
1: those are your three starters obviously.
2: I th- I think each one of those guys, maybe not Ramirez, I think Ramirez is a 10 to 12 touch guy period per game. So I don't think he's going to have 10 carries. Uh, I think, you know, Grant's going to get, get his chance to shine a little bit, but I think because I fully expect us to to run away with this, I think you're going to see it. The most carries from Yant and just kind of ground and pound. He, Cause he can keep those chains moving better than anybody in, in context scenarios. So I think Yant is going to have the most carries but I think I think when the game's on the line, Grant is going to be be the uh the showstopper.
1: If I told you today there were two plays that made you drop your jaw when Anthony Grant touched the ball, would you take an over or under on that? Two plays,
2: I'm gonna say under. Okay. Uh, that was something
1: I was thinking about in the drive over here as well today, where I'm like, man, I could really see him just having a day. And catching a screen pass and going off against those linebackers and, and just getting mismatches all over the field with his skill set.
2: Yeah, I I think I think he has one really impressive play. I think two is hard to get. Um, you know, even Maurice Washington, when we had him, uh, I think back to that Illinois game where he caught kind of a bubble screen and just outran everybody. He had no chance of getting to the end zone and still did. Uh, I think we can see a play like that from Grant today. Uh, I don't. And that was my comparison
1: this offseason, too, was Maurice Washington. Different body style a little bit, but same explosive play.
2: Yeah, I I, I don't know if we break anything huge in special teams today just because that group is the least proven in terms of success. So I don't know if he breaks something big on special teams. And I think they're going to sprinkle all the backs in enough that he's not going to have the opportunity to get to two or three.
1: So one running back you brought up a little bit earlier was Roy Hallou. So with uh, Grant, he actually switched his number, he switched his number to number 10 mm-hmm. and Roy Hallou obviously was number 10. The last time we've seen him just kind of streaking down the field, remnants of Missouri kind of go through the brain. Yeah. Uh, what It'd be pretty cool to kind of see another number 10 streaking. you know, having a crazy game like that and, setting the season off right I think that's the kind of momentum Nebraska needs
2: yeah definitely I think man I I think we try and establish the running game but I because the biggest change in the offense is going to come in the passing game I think we we see them throwing a lot early to build that confidence and you know that's going to be the hardest part to develop is timing and everything, and we have three games to do it before before we get to Oklahoma. So I see them really working working that action a lot.
1: Yeah, they, they I think got to get a lot of the uh, wrinkles ironed out of the offense and get your get your fundamentals down by that Oklahoma game. Give me your three X factors for the day on offense on the Nebraska side of the ball. Three guys you think are going to have a day or need to have a day to have the outcome that they want. Uh,
2: My first one's Elante Brown. Um, I think he just kind of...
1: God, I want to see that kid have a breakout year.
2: Yeah. uh, We talked about... Again, we talked about a lot of this on Wednesday too, but I think he kind of cements himself as the go-to guy in third and short in the passing game or third and and intermediate. Um, I think Grant is going to be an X-factor. I do think he gets one big one. And then uh, the tight end room. I... I don't know that it's necessarily an X factor in terms of big plays today, uh, but we got to see how they're going to be utilized and how many of those guys are healthy. I think that's the X factor for the whole season, how many of those guys are healthy.
1: Yeah, that tight end room with, with Fedoni having the injury and being down for some time and some of the other guys getting injured. You know, you've got your Travis Vokalek, who's, I'll say, somewhat proven because you've seen him on the field. I think... This has got to be a big game for him to start to build that connection with Kesey Thompson as the guy over the middle. Because when he transferred here, we were told the matchup nightmare he was against linebackers. Yeah, exactly. And his catch radius and everything. I just don't think he's been utilized as he should be as of yet. But we've seen how Austin Allen was used last year. I think if you can utilize him in a similar form or fashion, that's huge.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I would even argue that Austin Allen – was underutilized last year but his whole career oh easily, easily maybe that's maybe he was a slow developer and that's part of the problem but sean beckton obviously has shown the ability to to develop tight ends i'm gonna go yeah well i think Vocalette's a a four to five catch guy today
1: and uh, Bocacher, Bo- Nate Bocacher, I believe, is the uh, – Borkutcher. Borkutcher. there you go. Thank you. Um, I know he was I getting – I probably a... butchered it too. But... It, I think we both did. It's fine. <laughs> um, I know he was getting a lot of run as the number two tight end with Brewington as well. So I think that there's a battle for that number two spot. And I think both guys have – bring a little something different to that skill set.
2: Yeah, and I mean, what's the word on Hickman? Where is he fitting into all this? I haven't heard a lot about Hickman. He's
1: made some good catches earlier in the yeah. offseason, but I just don't think body-wise he's it's taken the uh, weight.
2: Yeah, I, I think he's kind of a red zone jump ball threat guy anyway.
1: He's 6'5", and I think he's about 215 or so, yeah, 220.
2: Yeah, pretty athletic. Um, you know, how, many, how many Wildcats is Chancellor Brewington going to put on the ground? Is K- Chancellor Brewington going to get involved in the offense beyond blocking? Because that is a wide receiver who hits like a tight end and a linebacker.
1: That's a dude that I really want to see catch at least a touchdown this year. Just yeah, he got Bru- one last year. I want to see him put up at least another one this year. Brewington's my guy, um, so I want to see good things from him. Uh, I'm going to go Trey Palmer. I yeah. think he's going to do some good things on the offensive side of the ball. I think you're going to see that connection with um, Casey Thompson and then Anthony Grant. I think that's who that's. I think that's who the offense needs to run through. Is that running back, and and take it off the quarterback shoulders. Don't be so quarterback centric, and let's, let's let the running game kind of do what it needs to do. Yeah, and and you know don't 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 get too cute with it today. Just run your offense.
2: Yeah, I mean, if something's working, stick with it. How how quickly how early in the game do you think we see one of those speed options or even a triple option idea?
1: You know, with with Thompson not necessarily fitting that skill set
2: because Keep in not, mind he he ran the option in high school
1: well and, and i'm i'm not saying that he's not the most athletic guy in the world but with what he's done in college it's, it's yeah. been a couple of years i think the kid can move he's got wheels on him i think you could see something of some sort of trickeration in the first 15 plays
2: yeah i th- i think you know we might only run it once but i think they throw that in early as a tribute to nebraska fans because um a lot of people are worried about Whipple because we're a run the damn ball kind of kind of fan base, and that is not Whipple's thing. So, I think we see it early as well.
1: Well, and so Jimmy Ellison just shot me a text said Chris Hickman's hurt, so that's that's why we haven't heard about gotcha. Hickman. So that's uh, what I thought. Yeah, it's it's kind of what I was thinking as well, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure. I didn't want to put anything out there. But we're going to take a quick break here. When we return to the Church of the Corn, we will break the defensive side of the ball down. We'll see you in a bit.
0: It's Church of the Corn with Zach, Alex, and Fitz on 1620 The Zone.
1: members of the corn thanks for coming back and joining us here on church of the corn on sixteen twenty the zone brought to you by rocky stone design and fcc trucking let's tackle the defense and special teams see what i did
2: there i did That's uh clever 402-951-1620 <laughs> give us a call tweet us your questions let it let us know what you want to know and uh looking forward to getting through the rest of this
1: yep well let's uh we're gonna like i said we're gonna talk about the defense to start off with so lots of
2: this change. second c4 is really kicking in by the way
1: i can't believe you've had two c4s in, or, or on your second one and we've been here an hour <laughs> you have a problem i feel
2: like i'm gonna have to get that third one back from conrad before oh. the end of the show jesus
1: <laughs> with with all the change of the defense from last year to this year due to change and all that kind of good stuff, do you feel the uh, the defense can be
2: worse, similar, or better than last year? I think we're going to be better overall. Um, I'm, I'm going to say a couple things that are going to be contrary to what I just said. I, th- I think we're going to be a better defense overall. I don't know that the yards and points numbers show that because I think our offense scores more, which just puts our defense on the field more throughout the year, which just gives them more time to rack up yards and points. Uh, but I think we get significantly better in in both run run stoppage and getting to the quarterback and hopefully just leading to more turnovers. I, I think we're going to see far more turnovers defensively this year.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more chaos on the field. It does seem like um, the edge room has significantly upgraded talent and athleticism across the board with some of the guys stepping in and taking that um, next step in their development with right. Butler and Gunderson and getting a Mathis transfer in. You've got your Nelson taking the next step in his development as well. And then combining those rooms, I really feel like that defense is going to be better. I think they take the next step to be in that elite defense this year. The only cause for concern I have is really that tackle spot or the interior of the defensive line. Yeah, both just due depth, depth and
2: and lack of production. Uh you know, we haven't even broke down all the all the black shirts that were handed out this week. And there's some guys on there that you know jet gent- I, I was surprised by Marquez Buford is a guy that that I've been really high on. I thought he made some of the most impressive open field tackles on special teams last year.
1: When you could tell how much it meant to a kid like that, when he said that he got it, it was, right. I think it was like Ben Stilley of years ago when you seen him get it and they, they cut him on camera and he just broke dry- down and he was crying when he got right. it. Buford said the same thing. It's, it's, it's a huge thing for these guys, a huge honor.
2: Yeah. So Buford was probably my biggest surprise of the ones that were handed out. Um, he's a lot farther a lot closer in the discussion for a starting role than i than i had thought and i i've been very high on him it's just we hadn't heard a whole ton about him throughout the uh throughout the offseason
1: yeah i think i think it's it's farmer at one of your spots and buford at your other spot
2: now now the room
1: as far as safeties and corners and nickels go is kind of just defined as defensive backs at this point so there's a lot of cross transition over there. I thought Noah Pola Gates would be a little bit more in the starting role. I think he's going to see a lot of time this year, but I think Buford has, has definitely shown enough to, to the coaches at least yeah, to justify that, that starting spot They're they're replacing guys that had a lot of experience in the big 10. Yeah. That, that's going to be a tough ask.
2: I agree. I, I think even with every, all the experience and talent that we lost on defense, I, you know, in the, we'll say, what, back six, you know, between Doman and then all the DBs. I think even though we lost all that experience and quite a bit of talent even, I think we've, I think this is the most talented defense since this staff has been here.
1: Yeah, I think definitely the most athletic for sure. And I think this is where the the kind of coaching meets the talent and this is kind of where it meshes together yeah and this is where we see kind of that boom season from the guys for sure i think it's it's kind of the culmination of, of everything you know we've had so much negativity and and everything all off season Th- there's been a lot of reason for positivity and and, yeah. and the guys that we've talked to have have told us how the culture is just miles different than what it was
2: yeah and i think part of the reason i think we might give up a few more yards today and points than we'd like to see is I think the back end of that group really wants to be aggressive and be ball hawkers. And first game of the year, you you tend to be a little step slow in some of that. So I, I think we might see some chunk plays from Northwestern on, on somebody being overly aggressive while being late on the defensive side of the ball. And I can live with that. Uh, I, I'm always a uh, – if you're going to make a mistake, at least make it at a 100% effort at 100 miles an hour. So, you know, I on our pregame pod, I said Nebraska's DBs, I thought we're going to have the weakest showing. And I think it's just because they're going to be a little bit overly aggressive in some areas, and in some areas where you want to be aggressive, they're because they're a step slow, they might not go for it.
1: Do you think with um, Northwestern's offense – not having any real deep threats that we see based on that aggressiveness, them playing a little bit more in the box. Do you expect them to see to see them get really burned today? I, I'm not expecting that Northwestern offense to strike deep.
2: No, I, I don't think we get burned on over the top. I think where we get burned is, you know, a guy trying to jump an out route or a slant and being a step too slow. And, and you know, because he was aggressive and a step slow, he over overran the receiver receiver makes that catch and can turn it up for 15 to 20 yards. But I don't think we get beat over the top unless, you know, it's, it's on a trick play and somebody uh, didn't play, read their eyes. Right. Got a question
1: here from active duty Husker here on Twitter that says, how many rushing yards do you expect Northwestern to get today? Oof, it's a tough one because they've, their offensive line isn't awful, especially if they it's go to that good. left side. Yeah, um, and their running backs are good. They do return a 1,000-yard rusher from last year.
2: Yeah, I, and I, I think they know the only way that they can have a shot at the end of this game is to play ball control and pound the rock. I hope our defense is up to the task. I, I'm going to say sub 100.
1: Isn't that always the Northwestern thing, though, is it's – Run the ball, make it ugly. Don't make mistakes. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Play good special teams.
2: Yeah, overall it is, but you know we've seen a couple of times in Big Ten play where you know Trevor Simeon was making some big plays for them in in crunch time. Um, so you know Nebraska suffered from him running the ball a little bit. So, but I think I think it's going to be all running back run game today. Uh, but I think I think. We hold them, I, I said sub-100, I'm going to say sub-150. I think we're going to keep them under 150. They're going to have a lot of possessions, hopefully, because we're just running up the score.
1: on the uh, In the passing game for Northwestern, since I believe it's Helinski, who is a starter there as well, are you worried about that passing game? Not uh, one bit. That's That's the least concerning thing for me with that offense is, is the passing game. the the run game scares me a lot
2: more. And I know, I know we're being a little bit disrespectful here. Part of it is the Kool-Aid that we've been drinking off, drinking all season and spreading around. Uh, Part of it is, you know, we've, we've been lucky to talk to a lot of the defensive guys on that side of the ball throughout the podcast. And, you know, we're just, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Northwestern, But we are far more talented, and I I expect us to show that on the field early and often. Do you think the,
1: uh, you know, one more quick question before we go to break here. Do you think those linebackers, uh, Henrik and Reimer, are going to cause a lot of chaos today? are you expecting more from the outside backers?
2: Uh, No, it's going to have to be those two in the middle and and anybody else who rotates in. Those are the guys. Northwestern's not going to try and beat us to the edge. So it's got to be the guys on the interior making the plays.
1: Yeah, those guys both on a lot of watchdog lists for this for uh trophies this upcoming offseason. So it's gonna be interesting to see if Reimer can take that next step. I love Hen- Henrik is a middle backer. That dude's just kind of an old school thumper there. So yeah. I think that's the exact kind of guy you want in the middle. Uh we are going to take a quick break here. When we return, we are going to talk a little bit of, of special teams here on Church of the Corn. Yeah.
2: Members of the congregation, welcome back to Church of the Corn. Brought to you by Rocky Stone and Design and FCC Trucking. We're about to break down defensive special teams. It looks like we have a caller on the line. Caller, how can we help you?
4: Hi, uh, I was going to talk about the Elysians and Proverbs 9.2. Is this the right station?
2: Oh, uh, Conrad, go ahead and hang up. It's fits. Um, hey. He couldn't. He couldn't show up today. Clint, how are you, buddy?
4: Hey, first of all, first of all, I want to just tell Conrad the choir director he is killing it today. Those those uh, the come in the come in music and the and the bumps and stuff are are awesome. So, you guys know this. I'm driving to the game right now.
2: Oh, you are right across the Atlantic.
4: No, the the Huskers are home, so I'm driving down to Lincoln today.
2: Okay, now we're really gonna hang up. Fitz, what do you expect to see on special teams today? That's your that's your specialty.
4: Oh, so this is so you tricked me. You tricked me. Um, contrary to what Zach said on the uh, the pregame pod podcast from the other day, Bleak Road is not going to miss a field goal. Um, remember, he told us that he'd played there before, so he's got that that feel. He was there in high school. Uh, and played a game there, so I think he's going to be amped up, ready to go. Um, I think is going to have a, a good game, uh, very consistent, just ask, doing what the, the team asked him to do. And then I think what we're all eager to see is the guys flying flying down the, the field, making tackles. I think we're going to see either in a spotlight or his name called on the broadcast, Phelan Sanford, for just kind of doing what, he, what he's been doing and Making good tackles, good hits, making plays on the
2: special teams. See, I'm hoping we uh, we don't even see Bushimi on the field today. No offense. Uh, I, I just want points. Uh, well, that's,
4: best, that's best case scenario. So yeah. when he, if he, if he gets on the field. He will field,
2: be great so. at consistently handing out water to the offense after they put it in the end zone.
4: Hey, that's not a bad role to have, right?
2: No, no, not at all. Uh, what do you what do you expect to see in our return game today do you expect to see a big play any any trickery out there
4: i don't think so i kind of go back to what you talked about the other day though is i think you're you're dead on when you say they're going to put their heels on the on the 7 on the 8 whatever it might be and very cautious in that regard if they can let it go over their heads they're going to let it go they're going to get it on the 25 75 yards to on a from a from a kickoff, which in theory should hopefully only happen like once, but uh, punt game, I think we're going to see a little bit more dynamic uh, runners back there. Maybe a little bit more freedom to to do that because ideally, hopefully with, with Bush coaching the teams and, and actually having more repetition and, and practice and again, we're all basing this on what we think was not happening over the last couple of seasons, so we're 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 putting it on the fact that it that it has been that we're going to see some some returns that are set up. Um, there were times over the last few years it's like they're there they they the ball snapped they kind of put their hands on a defender and then there's really you know there's no Husker in the camera shot for you know twenty or thirty yards. So yeah, um, I think we see. I don't know if they if they house one, but I I guess I'm going to say we see at least a return a punt return over 23 yards today
2: okay i i can live with that uh speaking of coach bush fits uh how many bush lights are you going to drink today where should we set the over under on that line
4: um no not gonna not gonna do that potentially maybe a little irish coffee okay to uh start the day Uh, what do
3: you got conrad whatever his number was i was gonna smash that over (laughs) (laughs) just absolutely destroy that over
4: but it is kind of it's kind of funny, and you have those moments like this is a game where I'm going to enjoy some, but I, I really want to pay more attention to the game and and enjoy that than let's say the next two weeks. So
2: yeah, uh, I uh, I'm going to a house party to watch the game today, and I've already made it abundantly clear that it is not a social event for me. And if I have to, I will have no problems going and sitting into the in the car and listening to the radio broadcast. <laughs>
4: It's a, it's a business trip. Yeah. Are, uh, 100%. Are Kid and, are kid and Play going to be at this house party you're going to?
2: No, unfortunately not.
4: Okay.
2: So disappointed in like you. Uh,
1: OJ might make an what, appearance. OJ might make an appearance, what, though.
4: What's Pastor Zach doing? Is he ignoring me?
1: No, I'm sitting here. I'm just, just listening to you uh, spout about special teams. You know, I wanted to, wanted you to take it all in.
4: F- this is the only fits. time What's i
1: on
2: allow it to happen. <laughs> What's on the schedule for the rest of the day for you? Why why couldn't you join join your uh, your congregation?
4: Uh, well, it had been rampant on Twitter that I had been fired, but that's not true. <laughs> um, at least I don't think so. No, I'm taking uh, taking my son down to a uh, a, uh, a football game in uh, in Lincoln. So I am driving to Lincoln. So I was not lying. If I have time, I am going to go stop by the bridge and pass out some uh church of the corn pamphlets um share the spread the message
2: spread the gospel yeah yeah that's why we power, have you yeah. you you are our knocking on doors guy free labor <laughs> zach <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect to see on special teams thanks fits yeah go
1: big red thanks Fitzy. uh special teams you know i've I did say, unfortunately, I do think they miss a kick today, and I think it's it's not a reflection of our improvement of the kicking game. I think it's more of a reflection of you've got five-week-old turf in there. Uh, I do think the footing will play a little bit of a part in this in the special teams today. He's played in the stadium before, yes, I get it, but you are still gonna have some footing problems it is natural grass so I think the footing will play a little key into it today
2: yeah I'm not gonna to pretend to be a grass expert but I I don't know how often we're la- we're laying down field in those and those natural surfaces in the NFL how old it is weekly uh I, te- I I'm tending to say I don't think the five weeks matters but I mean it it does. I don't know anything about grass I
1: I know you are. You are going way. You're way too confident in that for someone that doesn't know anything about it. I uh, think it does take like seven or
2: eight weeks for it to fully rut down. Right, but they're regularly changing it on NFL stadiums. Well, not all of them, Bud. You're not a grass man. I'm a grass man. Are you? What kind of grass? What's your favorite? Kentucky bluegrass. <laughs> Uh, here, here's what I hope to see special teams wise today. I I hope we don't see any ill-advised kick returns where we should have just, you know, taken the touchback to the 25. I I hope we see something big in the punt return game, but most, I, I would like to see us putting pressure when they're punting, hopefully get a block or being close consistently to getting that block. That, that is something that I think we used to take for granted when we would get field goal blocks and. You know Sue was really good at it, obviously, but we were getting field goal blocks and pump blocks semi regularly under the last. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna just breeze on by Mike Riley and just go straight back to Bo and beyond and beyond before Bo. So I hope we get back to that. I hope we get back to to putting pressure on, getting some some big special teams plays, not ne- necessarily only by returns, but getting some blocks.
1: Yeah, it'd be really nice to see that special teams play kind of an offensive role in the game as opposed to maybe playing more on the defensive side of the ball and being a little bit more proactive as opposed to reactive. And, and I feel like we haven't even been
2: reactive. Yeah, I was – I'm. you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say I don't even think you can qualify us as reactive because it's almost been protection mode, I want to say. It, it – so less than
1: don't lose us the game, but it's lost us the game.
2: Yeah, the last two years, specifically punt return, really takes me back to the dark eras of Santino Panico fair catching everything under Bill Callahan. I, I want to get out of that mode. I want to get out of Nebraska fans wondering, you know, hoping a kick's going to go through the uprights, or are we going to, you know, have a forward lateral on a punt return while standing in the end zone type of situation.
1: I, I recently seen a Demorne pierre punt return against Michigan State, and I literally stood there in front of my TV and just watched it and was blown away Yeah, because it was just so – he looked so smooth. And granted, the kid ran was ridiculously fast, but he just looked so smooth having that natural ability to navigate through the rubble of being on special teams and and bringing one to the house. I think we've got guys that are athletic enough, but it takes a different feel to be comfortable as a returner, especially a punt returner.
2: Yeah. I mean, kick returners as well, but I feel like you can plug and play more guys in the kick return game. You're protected more. Yeah. Punt return that, that is a unique talent. And I felt like last year, some of the guys we put back there, we were trying to force them to be Dewan Gross. And you you either have it or you don't. Trey Palmer, I think, has some of it. I don't know if he has all of it to be a DPE or a Dewan Gross. But, you know, I expect to see some big plays from him in the return game throughout the season. So on punt return
1: today, who do you expect to go back there first? Do you expect it to be Trey Palmer, Ramir Johnson, Brody belt, I'm gonna say Anthony Grant or the field
2: uh ooh, I, I think point I, return we're going Trey Palmer.
1: that's what I'm thinking as well because I feel like he's kind of the guy that you expect to see back there based off what he done it what he did at l s u and his his tape that he put out there. He's a very explosive guy quick, and if you get the ball in his hands, he's shown the ability to kind of do some good things,
2: yeah. No, one hundred percent. So I, I think he's our our punt return guy, um. But I think you see a couple of guys hopefully get get the opportunity back there today. Maybe maybe an Oliver Martin again. Uh, he seems like a guy that could do it. He just battled injuries so much last year. Um. Hopefully, you know I I'm really curious to see how we get Ramirez involved in this offense with the kind of position change. I don't know if that position changes because he wasn't good enough to get the carries at running back or he's so good in the passing game or, you know, he doesn't really have a true fit somewhere because he he's so good at so many things and maybe not a lead at one.
1: I think that's more what it is, is he's so good at so many things. He's almost like a Brian Westbrook and being an Eagles fan um, watching that guy. That's, to me, that's a huge comparison because he was very good at running the ball, very good at catching the ball very good at, at pass pro i mean he could do a little bit of everything for you yeah. now is he the guy you want to hammer right up the middle no not necessarily could he do it yes but you want to limit that he's the guy you want to get on the perimeter get the ball in his hands in space and let him go because he is lightning quick
2: yeah no absolutely um i i think he's the best pass catching back down there uh hopefully you know i want to see more wheel routes with him I want to see more wheel routes, period. We tried them early last year and got got some offensive pass interferences. I think that's a technique issue. I think, obviously, that's fixed with Mickey Joseph in there. Um, because, yeah, the wheel route does have a built-in pick, but if you don't know how to coach those guys to get away with it, uh, that's a problem in that play. And that but We had some big plays early in the year last year, but we always got called for pass interference. Uh, I think our one six our one real successful wheel route was Ramirez against Michigan.
1: Yeah, that was actually what I wanted to bring up. I remember seeing it um, kind of unfolding and everything, and just the stadium went absolutely insane when you see him just streaking down the field. And I think that's that's kind of a full what Coach Frost could do. Yeah, um, as far as the scheme goes yeah Uh, i think that's that's putting everything out there because that was right after the the coaching changes so it was kind of seeing how creative the staff could get and i feel like with what they've got this year it it finally allows everyone to kind of fit in their own roles and i think it's going to be really interesting to see um what what they kind of do and how everyone can kind of fit together and how everything really meshes offensively, defensively, and special teams. Because now you, you're, you've you got competent coaching on all levels.
2: Yeah, man. I just, it's so hard to break some of this stuff down. Part of it is my level of excitement, right? Like, to me, this is the most important first game of the year and most anticipated first game since the first game that didn't happen with Scott Frost and Akron, right? This is an important game, like, if I don't even want to put this out there but if we lose how do we recover you know That's a great question because
1: I know the guys throughout the week have asked that same question is if Nebraska does lose is there a rebound path from this and it does feel like there's so much put on this game that if they lose it then it does feel like it's a pretty bleak state of affairs 100%
2: it, I mean, I think it's more deflating than losing to Illinois last year, even. Um, I, And this is why I want to see us go for the throat early. You know, if you let Northwestern hang around... They're going to get you. Yeah, and you, they're going to get you one... way. Like, you might walk out of here with a win, but if you let them hang around and you don't feel great about the win, it causes a loss later in the year. I, You know... I've said it on Twitter. My biggest fear for this game in reality is not losing this game. It's coming out of this game not feeling good. Like, a win that feels like a loss is worse than an actual loss for for the longevity of the season.
1: I don't know if you remember uh, when they played South Alabama a few years back for an opener. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Now, granted, it was a win, but it did not feel like a win. It just Or felt McNeese like, State. Exactly, just— you you skated by barely.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And you shouldn't have. Um, yeah, it was there there's been certain openers where you go, Oh gosh.
2: Yeah. And, Did we actually win that game or so and here here's the thing with, with Nebraska as, as a whole, I'll just say this and uh finish this up, is you know, when in sports, if, if you are a far superior team, you cannot let a lesser team hang around. You cannot play down to the level. If you do, that is a sign of a bad team.
1: Yep, exactly. So we are going to take a quick break here when we return here on Church of the Corn.
0: Now back to Church of the Corn on 1620 The Zone.
1: back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by FCC Trucking and Doug Bossay. State Farm Insurance on 1620 in The Zone. I had to make sure I got it right that time because I screwed it up earlier. So wanted to make sure I got it right. So, Dougie,
2: I screwed it up too. My bad.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to make sure I got your name right. Um, we were talking about special teams last segment. There's a quick question I wanted to bring up to you. We all know how bad it was last year. With the hiring of Bill Bush, do you think it's strange that since he came out and started talking – nobody's really talked about special teams.
0: Uh
2: yes and no. I mean, because we are still talking about special teams. Everybody has questions about specifically the specialists, but who's starting where on the in the return game, all that stuff. So there is still a little bit of chatter. Uh I think what you're getting more into is chatter about whether or not we're worried. That surprises me. I don't know, maybe 25% just because, as a fan base, we tend to overanalyze things and we repeatedly ask questions until it's 100% proven, which is not a bad thing. I'm not taking shots here, but I think a calming presence like a Bill Bush, a guy who has shown success in this role, and the buy-in from all the other coaches. You know, Travis Fisher said, "My starters, if you want to start, you have to play. Spe- you have to be on one unit of special teams. You have to earn a spot there." and so you know we're we're gonna have talent out there it's not just gonna be you know not to say these guys aren't talented but not walk-ons and third and fourth string guys that are on the back end of a depth chart we're gonna we're gonna see some studs out there getting involved not just as a returner but you know as a gunner as you know Guys filling lanes to make hits. You're you're gonna see guys that you're also gonna see making plays on the field regularly, involved in that special teams. You know this. Bill Bush handles special teams like Frank Beamer, in my opinion. Which is high, high, high praise. Which that's exactly what you want. Yes, I I think he wants special teams not to just exist. Uh, you know, there's a lot of programs out there where they want special teams to exist in a, in a facet of, you know, we can kick field goals. We're decent at punting and we're not going to lose games. We're not going to have big blunders. Bill Bush wants your special teams to literally go out and win you a game. And would you have that kind of emphasis there from a guy like Bill Bush, who again has shown success in coaching up special teams? at just about every stop that he's been involved in the special teams, calms you a little bit. You brought
1: something up there that I guess I haven't thought about. With being aggressive on special teams or going to a more aggressive style on special teams, it seems like they want to go more aggressive on defense mm-hmm. and then go more aggressive on offense, it seems like, as well. It does seem like the staff in general is taking on a more aggressive approach in, in their what they're putting out there. Yep. That's a good thing considering how passive it seems like they've been. And I, I don't want to bring the quote back up into it that the big Ten's going to have to adjust to right. Nebraska and blah, 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 blah. But you're going to do it. <laughs> no. Do you, do you think that Scott Frost has been humbled to some degree? And that's what's kind of brought out this more aggressive approach this year.
2: Yeah. One, 100% without a question. I mean, there, there's a reason why Scott has stepped back to take a CEO role and and let these coaches do what they do uh you know i feel like on the on the kicking game you know our our deficiencies in kicking off and punting and in coverage is those guys were always playing on their heels and they were scared the aggressiveness is is going to be a nice change
1: yeah it's going to be interesting to see what they can do with bush over there being the full time goat uh, coach over there, so um, we are going to take another quick break here. Uh, when we return, we are going to be joined by On Three's very own Brian Munson to talk recruiting here on Church of the Corn here on sixteen twenty of the Zone. Come, come.
0: You're listening to Church of the Corn on 1620 The Zone.
1: to the Church of the Corn brought to you by Summit Medical Staffing and Doug Bose uh, State Farm Insurance. We are now joined by On3's very own Brian Munson to get us brought to d- up to date on the world of recruiting. Brian, we've made it. College football's back. How are you doing today, my hey, man? Hey, man. It is
5: back, but I, I've never let in before by the Backstreet Boys, especially an acapella version. What was going on there?
2: Uh, that is an actual church <laughs> choir, I believe. Oh, surprised they went with a boy band, but hey!
5: I need to I need to know what page in the hymnal that is. Yeah,
2: <laughs> different strokes for different folks, I guess.
1: Oh my gosh,
2: Conrad that is do, is
1: great at doing his uh his deep explorations on YouTube. It's 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 impressive.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
2: hey.
5: That was fantastic,
2: <laughs> Brian. Uh, normally, we dive in with you to start on uh, on documentaries that you watch or anything like that. Uh, but today's a special day with it being week zero. Tell me, what is kind of your twenty four hour pregame routine?
5: Wow, it's varied. It's got worse since I've gotten older. <laughs> um, you
2: know, a little before, bit more iced. Uh,
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um I've I, I've really I've really kind of backed off all of that in my life. But uh typically what it kind of what it kinda of comes down to usually is my my brother and I think it up and uh usually it is one of those deals where it is like, Hey, if you're gonna, you know, partake in the drinking all day you gotta start early. But I, I've not
2: <laughs> can't be drunk all day if you don't start in the morning.
5: That's right. That's <laughs> right. So so we, we, we kinda of had to back off of that later with test the wife, get gray hair, whatever you wanna say. So um, but usually it comes down to like what's the food gonna look like with the with the food. And uh, he's actually already texted we were gonna go over to the to the to the meat market or the grocery store to pick something up to do stuff and we're kinda of settling on fajitas on the flat top on the Blackstone stone at, at halftime. So we were gonna do traditional just the breakfast before noon. To start out the thing, and then at halftime, we'd be outside uh, cooking up beef and chicken fajitas, which is a pretty typical thing. Otherwise, doing uh, you know the the beer brats in the in the pool, grilled up first, and we'd pick up a full um, kind of thing and dump beer in it, and then, and then let them kind of boil in there for a while.
3: While I approve of all of this, Brian, it's not very Irish of you. <laughs> yeah, I was
2: going to say no corned beef and cabbage. Also, wasting all the That's beer tough. on the brats. What? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you gotta have something. At least it, it kind of bakes in the, the, the taste. And, and no, you know, my wife is a hundred percent Irish. She's a, a sultan Southern uh, of last name originally. So, but no, no, no corned beef and hash, no, 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 no none of that stuff over here. we we're, we're the traditional Irish folk.
2: There you go. Well, my pregame routine is, you know, on Fridays I go see my chiropractor. Shout out to uh, Travis Baker at Balanced Body. I've actually been standing this whole show because. I feel so great, and I don't know. Maybe it's the third C four I'm on, uh, but after after my chiropractor appointment, I go I go have lunch at at Ameristar, uh, place my bets for oh. the weekend. You know, week zero was a little tough this week, but normally I am a uh, I I set up three different parlays based on game times, and then uh, I'm set for the day on Saturday.
5: Well, let me get let me guess on your bet. So you took Nebraska, Illinois, and Vandy. I'm guessing.
2: Uh, I actually took Wyoming to cover the spread. Something about Craig Bull has me fired up. I don't know why. Whoa! Whoa! Okay. <laughs> also, okay. I just I, I, I expect I, Illinois to lay an egg today. Don't ask me why. I, it's just a feeling.
5: Yeah, I I like the Vandy traveling out to Hawaii too. So we uh we know you know a kid that's starting for Vandy actually is preseason all conference pick. So we're looking forward to supporting them later on
2: today. Awesome. So, uh, big news this week, Husker fans are pretty excited. Uh, we've talked to you a lot about this, but Cameron Lenhardt committed. What do you think Mm -hmm. this does for the class now? Uh, you know, we've, we've talked, I think you and I are both in agreement there. There's not really an opportunity for them to go after another edge rusher in the high school class, but, uh, what do you think this does for the class in general?
5: Yeah, I, well, the class gets to 14, and I think to your point, what we've talked about before, you know, this was this was the compliment I think the Nebraska coaching staff was looking for, you know, with Maverick Noonan. So Maverick Noonan being that, that, lar- that longer, more pin your ears back kind of guy like a Garrett Nelson, they needed to find a compliment like a Caleb Tanner, a guy that can do that but also can play in space, a guy that can go out there and and look like he is man to man, bump a guy off his route and then drop off into the flats or or go back to the hook or whatever he needs to do. Um, So, and that's what you get with Tanner. I mean, with Caleb, uh, uh, Cameron, excuse me, Cameron, but Cameron is also incredibly versatile. Um, It wouldn't, you know, be of a surprise if later on down the line, you know, if, if his body takes him maybe potentially into a different, a different direction to where he's hand in the dirt but for now he's an edge guy but he's playing three technique for IMG academy um he's I think they've got a little bit of a gap there I think they had an injury they had to fill uh, but he's you know the, the team captain and is is stepping up to go ahead and put his hand in the dirt and, and line up there against the against the tackle and go to work so does a lot to me about a guy that sees the bigger picture of team as opposed to a guy that would say, i'm completely and totally out of position and never really be into it mentally to go ahead and help out the team from changing that changing spot so he's he's definitely the compliment i think nebraska coaching staff was looking for when it comes to math
2: awesome is there any shot for this staff to kind of turn img into not necessarily a feeder but a pipeline img's tough
5: um obviously you're talking about one of the premier kind of, you know, uh, institutions, high school institutions in, in the country, the, the one that can recruit students to. And, and, and I think that that's one of those things that just makes it so difficult. You, you've got those kids that come from various areas of the country. I mean, uh, Cameron initially is from Staten Island, New York. Um, and, and, you, and you wonder, like, you know, how relevant – am I as a school to go in here and talking to a guy? And obviously people will, will use the term, you know, football factory or whatever it is. I mean, obviously they've got great other other uh, sports too with basketball. And even I talked talk to a, a dad whose uh, daughter was a tennis player there and said so they were fantastic there as well for tennis.
2: So Their facilities I'm, are amazing.
5: Yeah, and I just I think it's really complicated when you have that basically that kind of reach to the top athletes around the nation to come there together and, and compete and develop, especially when they come from different parts of the country. But I think Nebraska with their ties still to Florida and the potential where the Big Ten is still talking to schools like Florida State, you can you can stay a lot more relevant down with, down to the state of Florida if you have that ability to kind of go in there and say, Hey, you know, we're we're going to play in Tallahassee every so often, you know. Granted, of course, that that's that's important to the kid if that's where he's from. So, yeah, I, I think it's tough to do, but I, I don't see Nebraska, you know, being discouraged because it, they love to have a presence in Florida.
1: Uh, speaking of commitments, uh, Ryan Robinson Jr. Uh, recently said that it's between Oregon and Nebraska for his commitment. Nebraska's done a ton; has a top a ton going for it. In contact with him all the time, but he said Oregon's made a pretty hard push recently. Who do you think adds him to their defensive backroom when he commits?
5: um What was the question? I, I kind of broke up there at
1: the end. Yeah, sorry. So, who do you think gets Ryan Robinson between Oregon and Nebraska? It seems oh. like it's kind of neck and neck between those two programs.
0: Yeah, I think Nebraska
5: is still trying to figure out if they need another defensive back on top of Dwight Boodle. You know, you, you, you had all the guys that came in portal transfer and mid-year guys in January, um, and I think that that's, that's making things difficult. The room is incredibly full. The, the room is incredibly talented, and, I, and I'm just not 100% certain, you know, outside of, of Boodle, that there's another need for another guy. I think Nebraska's trying to figure that out, and they're trying to figure it out very quickly before Ryan Robinson decides, he's going to go ahead and make a decision because if it comes down to it and Nebraska, you know, is hit up with the opportunity to take him, they may be in a spot to say, we're just not sure if we have enough room for you at the moment. And and maybe even tell them to kind of tap on the brakes for a little bit so they can kind of figure it out. But um, I, I think that he had a tremendous visit to Nebraska. I think that Nebraska wants to be incredibly active in the in the state of Louisiana. I think in the car, high school is one of those ones too, where you'd love to have uh, – basically an ability to reach in there and grab guys out of there and Ryan Robinson is a fantastic corner I'm just I'm I think Nebraska is still just trying to figure out the numbers game and what things are going to kind of look like you know not just now but maybe at the end of the season and what that or what that room is really going to look like so I, I think that Nebraska just needs to get through this month of September and hopefully Ryan kind of holds off just for a little while before making his decision.
2: Brian, Zalen's heard is going to be committing in a couple of weeks. Is this something that Nebraska fans should keep an eye on? Are we are we really in the running here?
5: I think you need to keep an eye on it, but I mean obviously I think you're keeping an eye on it with uh you know you're being pretty pessimistic. You know, I think that LSU is is pretty squarely in the lead. Um I think that there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of things going on there to try to keep him home. Um, I know Nebraska's pitch, you know, to come up, go up go to Nebraska and play left tackle has, has got his ear. Uh, I know that Coach Applewhite and Coach Joseph are doing a fantastic job recruiting him, and I know that he's got a, a former high school teammate that's, that's on, the, on, the, uh, on the, the roster now in Nebraska. That helps out a lot too. I just think that, you know, where, where, he, where he is at, where he is from, and the fact that LSU is after him, it's always difficult to, to pull a guy out like that. Um, and he is one of the best in the country by by far and away. I mean, I think that I think if you put him and Healy on the board, I think he's I think you take Hurd and there's not really a whole lot of questions about it. I think he is that good of a football player. He's really really one of the best offensive tackles in the country. But I think Nebraska fans should pay attention. But I I don't think I would be incredibly optimistic about Nebraska's championship.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. That's kind of how it's been trending the last couple of weeks, and he's been radio silent, but. You know, kind of is what it is. Hopefully, you're in. Hopefully, we can get them, but, you know, we're not going to be crossing our fingers too hard there. Uh, Brian, got one more question for you before we let you go today. I've set an over under on Drake here for the amount of beers he's going to shotgun today at a house party he goes to at 5.5. Do you take the over or the under on that? Well, it's week
5: zero. I'm going over. I I, I I think I think he's in peak shape right now. I don't <laughs> think that the I think that the all the, the soft tissue feels good, you know, and, and, and I think that if we were talking like week six heading to conference time, I, I probably would be, go, be going unders here. But I, I I've got I've got full confidence in my boy there to go ahead and hit at least six of it.
1: I think we're all gonna hammer the over pretty hard here.
2: Uh, we're talking shotguns, right? Not not beers consumed. Oh, we're, we're talking shotguns here. I think we're all oh, on the same page. <laughs> all right. I will provide video <laughs> evidence of each one. I, I think I'm, who knows what happens to me. I'm going to set the under, but who knows what gets into me today. I trust Brian. He
1: said you're in peak shape right now, so I'm going to trust my guy here.
2: Peak, peak physical perfection
1: <laughs> over here. Oh, uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy some football this week, my man, and we will talk to you next week.
5: All right, go Big Red, guys. We'll see you. Thank
1: Thanks, you, Brian. Uh Don't go anywhere when we return on Church of the Corn. We are going to give you some games to watch this week and our predictions.
0: Church of the Corn with Zach, Alex, and Fitz on sixteen twenty the zone.
2: It's been one week since you looked at me. You hit the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. get together, come back and see me. Three days it's a living room. Welcome back
1: to the Church of the Corn on sixteen twenty the zone. I am so happy with these intros today. This is just Conrad. You you you
2: deserve a raise. You are a gentleman and a scholar, my friend.
3: Aw, shucks.
1: Well, let's uh, let's do a little bit of a. I just want to give a quick kind of schedule today, and then uh, there's a bet that I want to see what everyone else is going to take on today. Um, if you're looking for another game at 11 a.m. before North uh, before Nebraska Northwestern kicks at 11:30, you've got Austin Pay and Western Kentucky at 11 a.m uh nebraska at northwestern 11 30 obviously wyoming illinois at 230 with a yukon utah state as a go yukon woo, the fighting jay morris or yeah. jim morris excuse me 26
2: and a half that's a that's a big line that's an ugly line
1: um and then florida AM, north carolina at 9 15 with a nightcap of nevada new mexico state at 9 a 9 p.m and vandy hawaii at 9 30 p.m for you pacific time zone loving folks uh i've got a bet that i want to see what everyone w- wants to take and you can shoot us uh tweet at this Nebraska hype might man, have to move any hype man or corn church podcast on twitter uh i'm taking drake today this is this is my bet for the day of 5.5 shotgun beers at an event he's going to over under I'm personally going to hammer the over of 5.5 beers. Uh, Conrad,
3: what, what what about you, my friend? When you told me the bet originally, I already had broken the over button. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think
2: you guys are giving my liver too much
3: credit. I mean. I think you do, too, before the game even starts.
2: Oh, without a doubt. I have to go on to an Iowa radio show.
3: Yeah, then then you only have four more to go. That's easy.
2: That's true. I I have done eight and a half. So um, I'm I'm gonna try and be good today, guys. And <laughs> All you right. guys are just amping it up. So we, we've got it at five. Also, 5. I don't know how many how well five shotgun beers is gonna go with three C fours in an hour and a half. Well, I don't know, but we're about to find out. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll I'll give you my bets. Uh, from from my Ameristar lunch yesterday. Five way parlay. I took. The over at 51.5 at Nebraska-Northwestern. Then Nebraska on the money line. Uh, After that, I have Idaho State at UNLV. Uh, The Spread was too big for me to touch, so I went UNLV money line. I also took Utah State money line. And then, as I mentioned to Brian, I'm taking Wyoming to cover the 14 at Illinois. That is a $60 bet for 271.25
1: real quick before we get going what's your score for the game
2: uh i'm gonna go 45 17 nebraska
1: i am going to go 42 to 14 for the huskers uh, so that's looks like we both got them winning um we are going to do a breakdown of the game tomorrow on the church of the corn podcast so shoot us any questions on twitter um thanks for joining us everybody we made it enjoy the kickoff today And we'll talk to you later. Go Big Red!